0: a podcast that's flyer you are now tuned in to direct misfire benson you and selek. tell everyone to tune in let's roll the dice let me show you what we doing a fantasy war game play
1: it smart and you win what you know about the crystal pin and the retribution hero hero giants and knights galore it's an adventure this is kings of war let's go Hello champs, and welcome once again to another Direct Misfire Missive. I'm your host, Benson, and joining me today, as always, is Hugh. Howdy. As we have a bit of a chat regarding our latest tournament attendance and our experiences with the Goblin and Ratkin army lists. So pull up a seat, grab a drink, and let's get into it. Okay, Hugh, it's been a couple of months since uh, CanCon. I can't believe it's been so long already, man. I know. Feels like it was only yesterday. Yeah, life is quick and... Lots of events and things are happening and we just haven't had much time to record. But now we're doing it, so be appreciative. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Um, and the latest event that we went to um, that Mike ran was really good fun. It was interesting to Mm -hmm. go to 2,300 points, which we don't usually do. In fact, we very rarely play anything other than 2,000, so that was fresh. Yeah,
1: yep, and also being on the clock um, and having a bit of a restriction at the venue itself in terms of time... uh, I think you found it difficult as well as myself in uh, finishing on time with, with a larger army.
0: Yeah, I did, yeah. And I went back to having more of a mixed arms list that had um, a reasonable amount of shooting and magic in it. Uh, so went back to, I think I've commented previously about how challenging it can be to, for me at least, to stick to time when you've got you know, 17, 18 drops and like eight units or something that can either mm. shoot or do a magic spell or something in the spell phase. Um, you end up in the, in the shooting phase, you end up mm-hmm. uh, just rolling so many dice and having so many mm-hmm. incompetent units, which I'm sure you can uh, relate to as well as goblins. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you're rolling a lot of dice for not a lot of effect.
1: Yes. Um, and that, all that <laughs> yeah. takes time. Yeah. Um- so, it was three games over the weekend, 2,300 points like we said. How does your list compare to your CanCon list?
0: Uh, mine was reasonably different. I did, I did take out
1: one of the mutant
0: rat fiends. Uh, I was running mm-hmm. two at CanCon and went a little bit less elite. So, going fr- up from 2,000 to 2,300, I took a bit more of a wider build and I wanted Mm. to try some character options that I don't normally try so I went with the Broodmother who despite the fact she seems really good on paper I haven't had a lot of success with her um, Mm -hmm. in the the trial games and stuff I've played with her so I brought her out and then I also took um, the Warlord uh, just standard on foot hanging about uh, and I also went with Double Impaler so I liked the idea of trying out the, the fast, hitty monster chariot kind
1: of things. Instead of the shooty one?
0: Yeah, instead of the shooty one. Because um, I was trying the formation out in Kankon. Yep. Yeah. So the formation involves the shooty version. So I didn't want to take the chariot version because they look too similar and it's too hard to tell them apart. So this yeah, time yep. I took two of the chariot version ones, the more like punchy. And they, they play completely differently, even though they share quite a few stats. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, they play totally different.
1: Well, I just took my um, Cancon list and added two extra units. It's the Mints with Plus One to hit and uh, Goblin Blaster for the extra explosions, as is the theme of the list. Mm-hmm. And that was just due to I uh, didn't have time to think of much. I was uh, working on Vivian's stuff because he'd taken uh, Beslay and decided to include some units that I hadn't built yet. So that was <laughs> taking up my time.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. But it was it was cool to... I, I I did something similar in that I took the um, Assassin again and I also took the uh, long-range mortar thingos, the shredder. Yep. I, I took one this time and swapped the other out for a claw shot because I wanted to sort of decide which was good and that kind of thing. And it was nice to reinforce some of the elements of the CanCon list to work out kind of... Give it a, enough games to like feel like you've mm. given it a fair shake, if you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: So combining both um, CanCon and this latest tournament, uh, I think that's nine games I've played with a very, very similar list all up. So I think I've got a bit of um, clout when it comes to experience with these units that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how about we just go through just a brief rundown of the games. We don't have to go blow by blow, just uh, to your opponents where what you were playing against and how you found the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we'll start off with yourself. So, game one, who are you up against?
0: Yeah, so in my first round, I took on Danny Bird, um, who's a guy I've played a couple of times before. He's a lovely bloke. Um, We've had a few fairly close games in the past, as I vaguely recall. Um, It has been a while since I last played him. Uh, He he likes playing some of the more obscure lists, some of the uh, kingdoms of men and some of their friends. This time, he was taking Mm. halflings, which was cool. So I was mm-hmm. really excited to play halflings. Actually, um, Danny's doing his best to get all the halfling army together, but as you can imagine, it takes quite a while because there's a lot of models, and mm-hmm. uh, they're not sort of like quick dry brush kind of ratkin fur situation. They're you know you got to skin and clothes, skin and clothes, <laughs> and all that BS. So yeah, he, he did have a few halfling units, and then he was proxying a bunch of kingdoms of men stuff, which was it was pretty obvious what was what. Because mm. uh, he explained it before the game and stuff like that. So, no big deal. And yeah, this was a a bit of a reset, I suppose. Like shake the rust off kind of game for me and Danny both, I suspect. Uh, if I can speak for Danny in that behalf. Because we were both quite slow. And I was trying to use my stupid chess clock on my phone. Which mm-hmm. I've got to make a change to that for the next event. I've said it over and over again. I never do it because I keep forgetting. But um, yeah, the bloody thing kept dying on us. So it was just not effectively keeping time, and then we went to we ended up running out of time and running into lunch. Uh, and to be honest with you, we were both slow, and I think we were both uh, coming back to the game a little bit to kind of you know get shake the rust off as I said in the morning. But Danny was uh, definitely taking the lion's share of the time, and by the end of the game he'd had an extra turn. Um, mm. We were well into lunch. Uh, I think he'd had five turns and I'd had four or something like that. And it mm. was the domination scenario where we needed to get into the middle. And look, Danny had won. So I was happy to give Danny the game. I think if we'd kept time very strictly, despite the fact that I lost that game basically from beginning to end, I think that would have been either would have been my game or Danny would have had to play significantly quicker and therefore possibly made a few mistakes, which it could have exploited. So so in other words, if if, uh, my clock had worked properly and we'd been a bit better with it and stuff like that, the game result might have been different, but I'm not particularly keen on, you know, trying to win on the clock anyway. And the reality is Danny played better and he rolled better and so he (laughs) deserved to win, so... It was all good. It's funny how sometimes you have those cascading effects in Kings of War. The the moment I remember most, I basically shot one of his chaffy flying units early on in the game, turn one, yep, and shot it with uh, three or four different shooting units, and just mm. didn't take it off. You know, it's one of those sort of eight, ten nerve, right. or maybe nine, yeah, eleven. Yep. And then he killed a war machine with it, and then the next turn I pounded it again and got it up to like fourteen damage or something and double ones it. <laughs> right. So then. It, <laughs> That that sort of combination of two little rounds of bad shooting in a row against a single chaff unit kind of meant that all my shooting got taken out, mainly yeah. by the, the the offending chaff unit as well as some some other stuff that he was sending around the flank, and it meant that I couldn't oppose his shooting. So then his two big uh, hellblaster volley gun kind of things. What are those things called in halflings? Do you know? Uh
1: no, boom no, boom, my shooty shooty gun.
0: Twenty four yep. inches, lots of shots. Kill kill. Stuff, kind of guns, volley guns. <laughs> yeah, they um, were able to pound my units enough and he kept backing off wisely
1: with his main I, army. I think to, they are just called volley guns.
0: they just called volley guns, are they? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, yeah, blew the hell out of me as it was. Mm. They, they, I don't think they did a huge amount of damage, but he was enough between them and everything else that was going on. It kind of meant that I lost the center and eventually was just forced into a situation where I had to sort of dive in even though I was in unfavorable matchups and got taken Mm. off. So I think we ended up calling it an 18-3. In fact, we did, yes. But it was a bit of a panicked count up of points at the end and I had killed a total of 105 points. I think the the offending chaff unit was the only thing I killed at the end of the game. That's how sort of uh, smashed (laughs) I got on the the points in the end. Yeah, so definitely one of my most convincing defeats that I've had in a long, long time, but... Danny played it really well, and yeah, my dice were really unkind. It was like, end of the game, heaps of units with lots of damage on it, you know, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, just none, nothing to take them off.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. How'd your game one go for it?
1: Yeah, it? was it was a tough match-up, because I was versing Kingsley, uh, one of the newer fellas from Geelong, um, coming down to Melbourne to check out the scene. I think oh, there was a bunch of Geelong fellas there, which is good to see, yeah. uh, but... It was a very defense 5, defense 6 dwarf list, and not something that my list is usually good at taking on. I've got a couple of exceptions I can punch, but with this uh, Splaty Boys list, it's 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 very swingy, like we've discussed. It either rolls well, or it just does nothing and crumbles. But That said, I was able to get it pretty close. I did lose, but um, it was only like maybe 1 or 2 unit strength difference. And the amounts that we've killed, I ended up killing a bit more than he did. But yeah, he had two of those big uh, Chongus war machines that are defense six and shoot a lot and healing and a couple of hordes of the, the standard troops and defense five. And just, it was a rough time. but mm. <laughs> I did my best and I just, I just couldn't take things off. But again, like I said, I did kill a lot of his things, but it was just those super heavy things that just sat there. We went to a turn seven and even that didn't help me out. Right, right. Uh, high- highlights were the Grony snark. Not that he killed a whole lot, but he it took like four rounds of punching because he just kept whiffing and holding up a um a horde of dudes by himself, which is pretty funny.
0: Yeah, good times. Did it, did um you've got a lot of crushing and piercing in your list. I would have thought that you could deal with high defense.
1: No, it's it's mostly just crushing. One
0: is it right? Okay, I'm just yeah. thinking of
1: all the things that explode. Probably as the as it's the just main the, focus. The, the amount of dice can increase because of the exploding stuff. It sure, doesn't sure, sure. mean it's a big explosion. It's not more crushing um, necessarily. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's all weight of dice.
0: Yeah, my list actually was exactly the same. Like most of the list is either you know is crush one or <laughs> there's mm. a lot of vicious in the list as well. That was one of the main changes from the old ones. But yeah, if I had come up against that army with all the D five and six, I think I would have really struggled.
1: Mm. But Good game, good chap. Happy to take the loss. It was fourteen seven in the end, so yeah, pr- pretty close. So then we had a twenty minute, fifteen minute lunch break. <laughs> straight into game two.
0: Yeah, when I, when I was sort of beating myself up for not being better with the bloody clock in a game against Danny, it was less because it would have put the pressure on Danny and more because would have had more time to eat my Subway, you know. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I hate super short smashing lunch that, breaks at Taunus. Smashing the
1: sandwich on the way back, yeah. Yeah,
0: but it, it's kind of a necessary thing the way that the, the stores that we tend to play at um, can open, mm. like the opening hours they've got available. But tell you, next time I run an event, I'm definitely having a big old chunky lunch break, try to encourage a bit of... Bit of chit-chat, bit of socialising because mm. it's half the reason you go to the event, isn't it? Yeah, fun. exactly. So next round, I was up against my man Oswald um, who goes by Ozzy, I think, who's a, uh, mm-hmm. another Geelong guy, um, part of the crew. So how many came down, do you know? It was about... I think it was five. Five? Okay, I was going to say yeah. half a dozen or so, yeah. They were really good chaps, everyone that I spoke to from that crew. Um, and uh, I played a John guy in round three as well and they were... Um, yeah, just really yeah. good eggs. They knew the rules well for people that were quite new to the game. And, mm. It reminds you that Kings of War. In fact, they probably knew the rules. Especially Ozzy knew some rules that I didn't know because
1: especially if they're they're learning and so it's yeah. it's pretty fresh. In He's like, like read yeah. things
0: more freshly than me. Like the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ignores
1: cover rule that
0: doesn't always ignore cover.
1: It should be called no, that's right.
0: Mostly ignores cover or something. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: additionally anyway. ignores. He was
0: also playing the rats. So he was a man of taste, obviously, a man right. of culture. And yep. um, he was taking a list uh, not dissimilar to some of the ones I've taken before. A couple of hordes of shock troops. He had the formation with the, with the shooty uh, mm-hmm. spitter thing and the sh- two shredders. He had uh, a horde of, um, or rather a regiment, I think they're called, of the chariots, the big rolly guys. ton of runners, yep. Um, and he had scud. The big Scud man, oh, yes. himself. Scuddy, yep,
1: and a couple of brood mummers. So it does sound very similar to a list that you've, yeah, it's times. not dissimilar. So you should to, have known it pretty well,
0: yeah. I did, I did. Um, the only uh, slight, um, sort of fly in the ointment, I guess, was his um, regiment of nightmares or horde of, mm. horde of nightmares, yeah. I get a bit confused with those medium-sized units, whether they're called regiments or hordes sometimes. But, yeah, it's definitely a horde, uh, even though it's the (laughs) equivalent of the regiment of tunnel runners. Um, And they're the shooty, rad-ogery kinds of dudes um, who are pretty bad overall, really. Um, I've tried them quite a few times, and they're just too all-rounder to be
1: good, if that makes sense. Yeah. So these are the nightmares that you're talking about. Yeah. We
0: looked at um andrew and i looked at them compared to zombie trolls and they're a very similar unit except the nightmares pay like about 30 odd points 35 something for their shooting attack and their shooting Mm. attack comes out maybe once a game and you know a lot of the time isn't that useful so depends how much use you can get out of that and if you can Mm. they're, they're fine anyway uh good game against the rats um I was lucky to get first turn. This was loot, the one where you get into the middle and pick up all the loot tokens. The plunder, yep. Plunder, it's called, right, yeah, yeah, cool. When I got turn one, and with a 12-inch movement army, you can get away with this. You just deploy right on the edge of your deployment zone, move up 12, grab the loot token. And the two 2.1s were the one left of the middle and the one right of the middle. And so I walked up, took the middle token and the two 2-pointers, uh, and then mm. sort of, you know, did the, the flank dance on the flanks. And it was just really difficult from Ozzy right f- from the start. And you often get this in this scenario, actually, where if he moves up, I can charge him. If he moves far out of his deployment zone, while well, as mm. if he doesn't move up much, I can just back off and I've got all the points. You've got so, more shooting as well. He's, yeah, the on- and I've got a bit more shooting than him. So the onus on him was kind of to try to do something about it. And um, he, d- he did his best. He did some good maneuvering and stuff. But ultimately, I was able to pick bits of his army off piecemeal by using bits of terrain and stuff to to make him advance bit by bit uh, and hold up one of his shock troop blocks while I smashed the other one with multiple units. Mm -hmm. And that just meant that by the time he chewed through one of the um, death engine impalers with the uh, other shock troop mob, I could turn my shock troops around and take that off. So when Mm. you sort of have two hordes against... Another two hordes and both yours are alive and both the opponents are dead. Mm. Things get desperate. And sure enough, um, Scud charged straight into a completely unwounded unit of phalanx shock troops, which is the kind of move you only do. <laughs> Desperation. Yeah, in a <laughs> bit of a married. desperate spot, which poor old Aussie found himself in pretty quickly, uh, which yeah. was partially scenario and the role for the first turn. And how did you go yeah. for time this game? This one was, I was better off on time because I like, had a really clear plan in the, from the start. But mm. it still ran down. It still ran close. And all three of my games mm. did. And if I'd been really uh, strict with the time, I think, you know, if I'd been a little faster, I might have made a mistake here or there or whatever. And, yeah, there was a few points toward the end where I'm just like, I'm not going to shoot any of this stuff and the whole works just to get it all, get it all done in time. Yeah. Yep. But it was a 20 to 1 and, frankly, Aussie was up against it from before he even moved a model. I've- even though our armies was very similar in power level, like almost indisputably so, <laughs> basic, really similar armies. But um, I got up there and, yeah, like I said, that when you put them in that spot on the objectives, you really need to threaten those objectives in that scenario such yes. that if your opponent picks them up, they get charged by something. Um, yep. And Ozzy had put all his fast stuff out on the flanks in a position where they couldn't charge me turn one when I went to get it. Which right. in hindsight was was a, it was a big deployment mistake. Which I really took advantage yeah. of. Yeah, but good mm. game, good game, awesome bloke. Really like the um, Geelong crew. Keen to go down and play some games with them in G Town sometime. Mm.
1: Good to hear. It. Uh, my second game was up against our mate Vivian. Uh, he was on the previous cast. Listen to the on episodes, and he was also taking Basilians, like we've mentioned, and he had a lot more flying, and cavalry in this unit, in this list, as opposed to these Cancon, because we hadn't got the uh, cavalry built by that time. So we had hordes, regiments of aloe, dragons, uh, sumachrist, two units, two regiments of knights, being the big chunk of the army. So in this scenario, I felt like I was a bit on the back foot because he had so much more speed and punch, the ability to alpha strike, so... Taking the first turn, I sort of had to pressure those points. And this is a game where we discussed afterwards, and he agreed, that I outplayed him, but he outdiced me. There were a few moves where I thought uh, he didn't see it coming, which he didn't. And had the dice been even average, probably would have given me the win. But it, it it was like an example, having one of my speed 10 exploding uh Cavalry Able to charge one of his wizards, which was standing right next to his um, phoenix, Samacris, and then into another unit of, uh, I think it was a horde of fellas. So, had I been able to overrun more than one inch after killing the wizard, I could get into the flank of uh, that uh, unit character and then crush Mm. the troop after that.
0: Sounds like a game-winning
1: play when it works out, hey? (laughs) Yep. So I just didn't need a one, and I got a one. Oh. And then they got flanked by a troop of sisterhood scouts, and they <laughs> got routed. Uh, there was just a lot of little things like that, and I felt like I was about to lose, but was able to pull it back a little bit, just because he, I think he made some poor decisions. Oh, let's go fly a horde of knights into some uh, horde of angels into some trolls. They don't do anything, and then I just fury back and smack them. And like I would be using both of my war trombones to blast his defense for horde of troops and doing maybe five or six damage a piece. I think the first round was like maybe 11 or 12, but I just couldn't route them after three turns. Just kept rolling threes and fours (laughs) to route. And Mm. that was frustrating. All that matters is the nerve roll, right? That sounds like my game
0: against Danny, actually. In many ways, I was like threatening his units, but just could not roll. I think my highest route roll in the whole game was a six. Like it was just mm. so it's, it's many tough. low rolls. It, it it is really hard. Kings of War, genuinely, if you're playing like a tight competitive game and you, there's a bit of back and forth, if you roll a lot of really ro- low route dice, it can be tough to get come back. Yeah. From that. yeah.
1: And then when your opponent is rolling nines, tens, elevens for their route, it it sort of yeah. it makes <laughs> it feel bad. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I know what you mean, but right? like Those sh- those die roll games happen more rarely, I think, in Kings of War than a lot of other yeah. tabletop games, especially a couple of the ones I play. Looking at you, MCP, every second game decided <laughs> by the dice. But, um, yes. but yeah, it's um, still just so painful when it does come around. And man, double ones are the worst. I've been playing with... Uh, I'll yeah. just jump on this bandwagon again real quick. I've been playing with um, Andrew lately and we've just abolished the double one rule. Very simple. And how did you no find
1: that? Because when I played oh, Andrew, so I felt fun. like something was sort of missing. Like when you know you were going to just take something off because that's just how it was. It I don't know, it did lose a bit of a spark. I hate the double one rule, but it also adds something.
0: Uh no, I not for know. me, not for me. I can respect why for some people they'd be like, Oh, there's a chance or oh wow, it yeah. was double one, that's such a such a moment. But For me, no. I've just been burned by it too many times. I'm going to say the negative sort of spoon view of double ones because, like, we've been our last few games against uh, me against Andrew actually probably the last three games in a row. It's been him that's had a really bad double one, and we've just gone, oh well, Mm. they're dead anyway. Yeah, Um, and I have still felt like the game is was more enjoyable for it. Like, because I feel like I'm robbing my opponent when they double one at a really awkward time and then I like flank their horde or whatever like I, I don't like it on either side mm. of the table personally
1: no because it's not a tactical thing it's just straight up luck like you could have done this and now you can't because yeah exactly. the dice is, so. I yeah. think I
0: had three over the course of the tournament and they all sucked but yeah like it wasn't end of the world game-breakingly bad really on any of those occasions mm. but it's still just I think maybe because I'm like a bit salty about previous double ones or something just whenever i see it come up i just like get a bad taste well in my mouth. <laughs> they never feel good So <laughs> yeah, you know, no, right. <laughs>
1: there's, there's no situation where they feel good mm. um but yeah i think i got pretty lucky this tournament I, if i rolled any double ones it might have just been one they were all li- probably just as bad rolling twos and threes yeah it's hardly the only way yeah. to have bad luck but yeah, no, you know, that's but right.
0: right. so uh how'd it go with vivian in the end 16-5. 16-5. So a couple of losses after your Cancon success with the army. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, or did you feel like at this point that it was mainly um, dice or matchups, or do you think that the extra 300 points were actually hurting your army at all?
1: The extra 300 certainly does just because your opponent has more things that they can stop mm-hmm. the fast stuff that I've got. Um, and the extra 300 doesn't really help at all, because you can't really take extra formation or extra cavalry that does the same sort of thing. It's It just it doesn't sit quite well. At least with that um, style of build,
0: right? Because you've built up yeah, to exactly. 2,000, and you're really just yeah. tacking on a couple of units.
1: Dice obviously help, especially in this super swinging army, but I thought I played pretty well in all of my games, so I... I think I'm going to rule that one out. Yeah, fair but enough.
0: Yeah. And I think you did get, you You were saying at CanCon that you got probably a little bit of extra, you know, like we knew, we knew that it was really going to be a dice-swingy army because of all the explosion yes. dice and the, the spells yeah. and stuff. you probably do a few of these potato games actually
1: after. That. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yep, so we'll uh, move on to the last round. Who are we up against?
0: Yeah, so round three I played the mighty Richard Scott who uh-huh. is um, from the Geelong Crew again.
1: He was a really lovely
0: bloke, actually. I really enjoyed playing him, and he was playing Undead, um, which is you know I've many times talked about how Rat King don't have a great matchup against Undead. Uh, sort of mm. them and Nightstalkers that are the real the real boogeymen of the scene, um, at least from the perspective of a Rat. But mm. um, not that I don't get beaten by other armies all the time. But you know, <laughs> still. Um, Yeah, he was playing um, one of the most gentle and soft undead armies I think you could possibly build. He had a couple of hordes of ghouls. Skeletons? um, Not quite skellies. Yeah, you still Ah, never see skellies straight normal (laughs) skellies, really, do you? But yeah, two hordes of ghouls, which (laughs) he had the uh, potion of strength on one of them. And I was looking at it and I'm like, this is just exactly the same as shock troops. They are almost like stat for stat. (laughs) Identical yeah. to shock troops, and um, they're considered like one of the worst um, units on the undead list. And I'm like, this, that's like the best unit on my list. <laughs> <It's the> same <laughs> unit. Anyway, defense thought, three, though. I thought that was a funny observation, but yeah, yeah, defense three. That's true, and that that does make a that does make a difference. Not going to lie. Mm. Um, so he had two two hordes of ghouls, um, a yep. vampire lord on foot, Gorblight, yeah, scary ogre, Gorblight. He had yep. a unit uh, horde of zombie trolls. Um, He had a white lord friend on a burrowing worm, not the flying worm, but the burrowing one, which had a sick model. He had a lot of his models were cool, but he had some good conversions Mm -hmm. and stuff. But yeah, that model was really rad. It stood out to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, and a troop of the uh, vampire cavalry. So the more you run through it, it's like almost all of his unit choices were like on the sort of bottom of the pile for... Um, oh, and a yeah. legion of zombies. Often, I should—I should, I missed a legion of zombies. Yeah, that's that's important. Okay, All right. Um, cool lists, cool army, like fun to play. It still ends up playing like. A normal army does <laughs> you mm. know like it doesn't it doesn't play like if you took all the weakest units on the ratkin list and like went to take like aimed to take something as as gentle as possible it would be a complete potato <laughs> 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 but anyway uh, yeah we rocked it out uh, I ended up getting up what I was able to do this was the raise scenario I believe it's called raise is that right so whichever oh. one that is three objectives each um, and there's one in the middle that you're not allowed to burn I thought I played this well in hindsight. Um, Unfortunately, Rich let me get a cheeky double charge onto one of his hordes early on. So it was the old charge in, take it off in one round, rotate to face your flank. Now you're in a difficult spot. And from that, he also charged his vampire um, troop of choppy knights into a regiment of warriors. And then I just... You know, flanked it and took it out. And he's like, This looks like a bait and I'm like, It is before he charged it. <laughs> and he just did it anyway. He's like, I shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no. You knew but it. He knew it, yeah. He knew he'd made a mistake as soon as he did it. But he had the he had the uh the blood the blood frenzy descend, I suppose. <laughs> the red mist, um, yep. But after those couple of initial mistakes just early on in really turn one, he played really well from there and fought his way back. Um the spear horde with the, uh, with the plague pots finally came through a little bit here and got to do their thing in that they used their plague pots while the opponent was in terrain. So they got charged mm-hmm. by a horde of ghouls, the one that wasn't buffed, and a horde of zombie trolls with a plus one to hit item and mm-hmm. they took four damage. <laughs> Right. Uh, The beauty of the minus two to hit, where it really, you know, like he was hitting on sixes and fives respectively. Without the plus one to hit, he would have done pretty much zero. So, (laughs) yeah, that, that, um, that was great to see. Plague pots. When you read plague pots, and you're like, "Oh, plague pots are going to be sick! What a great army-wide rule! I'm going to put that on all my hordes. I'm going to screw people up." In snares, amazing. In practice, it just doesn't work that way, and it tends to be a waste of points to chuck it on heaps of units. So this was the only unit in my army that had it this time. Uh, right. That's been so my it's something extents- that you
1: should tick, uh, like take on very specific units, just to either um, uh, make your opponent pause about charging it, rather than. Yeah, have a specific purpose
0: for it. Like, you can, it's definitely good on the hordes of shock troops and stuff like that, too. But Mm -hmm. certainly not on just regular regiments and stuff uh, for the most part. And I think it's, you can orchestrate moments where it works brilliantly like that, especially if your opponent's impeded, like they're charging through terrain. Because minus one Mm. is ho hum. The the rats are so soft that a lot of the times you'll give them minus one with the ensnare and then you'll just, get destroyed anyway. Like, I'm sure NIAD players are familiar with that feeling. But Mm. if they're minus two because of terrain as well as the ensnare, it really does just, like, turn them into an anvil. uh, Just for one turn, but really, like, into an anvil. And then you can counterpunch. And so with a shock troop unit in particular, that counterpunch can be potent. With a unit of spears, you, like, charge back into the ghouls and do four wounds or five wounds or whatever, and you're, like, big whoop. But Mm. but still, yeah, those points, like... It can be easy to chuck them on every unit, but when you realize you could have like a whole chaff unit or, you know, a war machine or something for the same cost as popping it on all your hoards, you should really consider the latter, I think. That's been my more recent Ratkin experience anyway. For all you, Mm. you five Ratkin players out there.
1: (laughs) Um, You have to increase their popularity. Indeed.
0: But uh, me and Rich had a great game. I ended up getting up 17 to 4. and Okay mainly in point this is this isn't goes to shot was a good game because he got fourteen hundred and thirty of my points and I got eleven eighty five of his so he was up on um uh, attrition points but lost seventeen four because I had four objectives and he had zero so right. I was really able yeah. to gum him up where I needed to to slow him down and get get his important unit spending many turns moving around terrain and moving through mm. my chaffy crappy units um and controlling the objectives at the right time to be able to burn them as soon as it became evident that i couldn't couldn't protect them anymore so i burned Mm -hmm. all three of the objectives that he would have got whilst controlling all three of mine basically so so while he ended up getting up on the table and that sort of that bloodlust i was talking about before ended up paying off in many ways (laughs) Uh, the the objectives ended up in my favor. And that's how I like to play Ratkin. Like, to me, that's what playing Ratkin is. It's all about... Sacrifice your feelings sac- for yeah, like, and the that. end game. That's a fun game of Kings of War for me when I can feel like I won by focusing on objectives and we had some good scraps and some fun moments like the zombie legion charging the front of the uh, mutant rat fiend and just taking it off in one round. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Which is insane because they're fives to yeah. hit. And he, he just rolled yeah. the... He rolled the fives to hit, and we both looked at it like, holy crap, that was like it was threes to hit. <laughs> there was just so many fives and sixes, and he just nuked feeling. the rat fiend, um, which, you know, it, that really got him back into the game, and we, we were both like, whoa, that was that was quite a moment, but it was, it was a fun moment because it made it really close and feel really back and forth, but I still mm. felt kind of in control the whole time because I knew I had those objectives secured and didn't have anything fast enough to get at them, so... Mm. Yeah, good game of Kings of War. Felt like a Kings of War game, you know what I mean? Like, it's this is a, a ranks and franks tactical game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> My decisions matter, you know, one of those games which which felt good after playing a fair bit of MCP lately.
1: And it's good to have that at the end of the day as well, being your last one.
0: Yeah, absolutely, especially against an opponent that I would happily play every week. He was just a great bloke. Um, mm. and I think that probably goes for that whole Geelong crew. Look forward to getting them into the scene a bit more often.
1: Hmm. Uh, I also played a Geelong fella, or I think it was a Geelong fella, uh, Dave. He was um, playing orcs. We completely forgot about the burning of the objective tokens, (laughs) so it was just to basically hold hold the points. Um, Unfortunately for him, he didn't roll as well, and what I thought was going to be pretty good for him, because he had like five regiments of Morax, just the Berserker orcs, a legion of chariots and units of... um, Knights and uh, war drums, war drums everywhere, and that uh, wizard that does three billion fireball spell. Oh yeah! Uh, not to mention a, a uh, an orc dragon, the uh, crudger on a winged slasher. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. it it didn't turn out that way. It's pretty funny though. Uh, he he admits he does doesn't know how to use that flying character very well. The the big dragon mm-hmm. popped him off to the side. I sort of lined up with my slow minces and boom wagon while. Good old long um, Longnail went in and punched him in the ribs Did a few damage He could either counter charge and then wait for my Mincer to get in the next turn Or fly, or not fly off because he was disordered uh, Waddle off out of uh, charge range of the Mincers And Grupp punched him in the back of the head the next turn do another 6 damage And that continued for like 3 or 4 turns until <laughs> <laughs> Grupp took him out It's pretty funny uh, <laughs> Tiny Gobbo
0: versus Giant Dragon Beastie, just yeah. kicking
1: ass. <laughs> just punch him in the kidneys and then slowly taking him out. Granny Snark didn't do anything. He, I thought he'd do a bit more. Like I, I got the um, host Shadow Beast spell off pretty good. 11 attacks incoming or blast E3, but when you're hitting on fours and you don't roll well, ended up doing, what, three damage to them, and then yeah. they just wow. ran over him.
0: Yeah, it is so swingy, isn't it? Because it, it's swingy on the spell... And then it's swinging on the roll to hit. Really, those are like the the, the big points, aren't they? Because if you get yes. a lot of shadow beast off, and then you just get one decent four plus handful, like you're gonna nuke them. But the reverse yep. can so be true. We've all we've all gone in with our like ten attack monster that hits on fours and hit like two times or whatever, and
1: been like, mm, yeah, Great. that's what we're used to with uh, hitting on fours. Uh, But it didn't really matter, like I just blasted him with the two war trombones and got lucky on that roll, and then lucky on on two nerves to take them off. Uh, So that was a big threat out of the game for me. Other than that, it was sort of tit-for-tat in terms of um, units, but I managed to hold the center pretty well, and his slow orcs on foot couldn't really get out and spread out and get the objectives, so I ended up getting just about all of them except for one. And he didn't get any because he just didn't have the units there. Oh, nice. It ended well up played. being like a 20 to 1. Uh, but he was a very nice fellow to play. Had Again, it's nice, casual, calm end of the day game, which is what I like. Didn't have to think too hard. Didn't have to stress too much. Oh, well, I say that. I had like fifty seconds left coming into the last turn. Oh, right. So <laughs> as he was, everyone moves on doing the objective round. Right, done. <laughs> yep, yeah, pretty much. I as he was doing his turn, I got my bag of teeny tiny dice. Well, not teeny tiny, like six mil aside. Started lining up my my dice because I had the horde of luggets into the flank of uh, a center holding unit. And th- okay, I've got to roll sixty dice in fifty seconds and count the the biggest thing is not the rolling it's the counting all the dice all right which is the fours which is the fives <laughs> on so many dice but yeah I know, got right? there in totally. the end
0: yeah just sorting through them all i had a lot of vicious as well the um the warlord oh, with the vicious aura yeah um he just makes you roll more dice
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's really it
0: you're rolling so many yeah it's kind of annoying yep.
1: it's good but it's annoying but yeah i think that, that was the tournament, and I don't think I'll be taking the Splodey Boys again. I think I'm a bit over that sort of place. So, fun, like the Growny Snark and the Shadow Beast is fun, but it's a bit one-note because you have to take the rest of the stuff for it to sort of work, I think.
0: Yeah, I get it. It's just sort of a bit of a funsy thing for a, yeah. for a
1: change. The the formation, though, is still good, right? The formation's decent. Yeah, if you're going to take regiments, you might as well just take the formation. Uh, the hurting yourself does. Oh, it can be... a Big detriment, especially so when the regiments going... of gobbo cavalry, by the way, yeah, yeah, yep. And that's when you, if you roll a six to hit, then they hurt themselves, but you blast two. Mm-hmm. So, I often half kill my unit before I can do anything major. So, like in the game against Viv, I had six or seven damage done to myself oh. before the troop flanked me, and that's what seals it. But again, that's fun as well, as long as you've got. That formation and units roll elite and vicious and the sixes is explode. But again, it's so many dice, it's it yes. <laughs> it eats up so much time.
0: Yeah, I wish I had some more units like that that had some more wacky things going on.
1: Yeah. I think overall, though, just having played this list so much, Grony Snark is not overpowered with the host Shadow Beast. He's just super swingy. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. But I guess it's that swinginess that that people wouldn't like, right? Like there's there's not there's a reason in Kings of War where there's not units that have like, you know, ten attacks that hit on sixes, but if they hit they do, you know, a thousand wounds or whatever, you know. Units that are like that are not really good game design, I think, because you know, they're not good feels on either side of the board. I think that was the, one of the changes they made with uh, War Machines, as you might recall. Like, they used to frequently roll like one die, and if they hit, they Spike. did a massive yep. amount, like D6 yep. or whatever, and if they don't, they do nothing. So it mm. kind of feels bad on both sides, because if you're rolling it, if you're the one with the War Machine or the grony Snark, and you just spend like five turns rolling a die and nothing happens. You're like, why did I take this piece of garbage? Mm. Well, on your opponent's side, if they just hit you like two turns in a row and spike the damage, then all of a sudden you're like, that should just chip away a wound or two. And instead it's just nuked my horde and it's just like a regular catapult. Like, So, so I can definitely mm. understand why those kinds of things are generally kept out of the game.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I don't think it's, it's broken. I was saying to Mike, the organizer, like, if you want the same sort of value but much more consistency, just place elves. Take the, a king, king's champion who's got seven attacks hitting on threes, crush one elite, um, mighty, and you've got a ten dice host shadow beast for a much more consistent damage output.
0: Mm-hmm. It's probably just straight better, right? Um, it yeah. costs more points. It's, it's, only, as it's well, only, a li- only a little bit.
1: It's like twenty twenty thirty points more. Oh right, okay. For that combo, yeah. so yeah, same thi- same sort of thing, but. Much more reliable, but it's not a goblin that explodes and hurts himself, potentially. <laughs> um, it's not as fun in that respect, I would think. Yeah. consistency can be a bit boring. <laughs>
0: yeah, it can be, it can be definitely. It's nice to have some flicks, some some things in the game that are a little bit you know different from the norm.
1: Yes, uh, I do like that. I i feel like I'm a bit of a trendsetter, like after CanCon and people started talking about the Growny Snark and Host Shadow Beast. I like that I've already brought that up and maybe the catalyst for change, we'll see. Mm -hmm.
0: Is there anything else in particular in your list that you would change or not take again or any observations you've made that perhaps uh, would be interesting to goblin players?
1: The, The melee wingets, they're not great. Don't take them thinking that they're going to do damage. Just sit them back and just claim objectives right at the end. They... Absolutely pathetic in combat, but the extra nerve, the increase in nerve by two over the shooty ones, is so helpful. There were plenty of times over all the games over both tournaments where, had I taken the shooty ones, which are much more of a threat, they just would have gone. Uh, 11 13 nerve, it's easy to waver mm-hmm. compared to 13 15.
0: 13 15 is a pretty high nerve for a goblin in a, in a freaking flapping Wright Brothers mm. trap. I mean, it
1: doesn't do much. Hitting on fours with five attacks. But what are they so brave about? (laughs) They're in a more sturdy plane. (laughs) (laughs) They're just having the best times. They don't even notice the
0: the damage to the plane or something.
1: No. Yeah. Um, I would like to try the Slasher, which gives a wild charge aura to beasts. Just to take uh, a few more more beasts. And I think um, the Cavalry are also considered beasts. But so just gives them oh, yeah. even more uh threat, which I think. Ooh, wild might be Charge on to movement ten around. is crazy. That's really that's really good. Just yeah, you'll just outrange just about everything.
0: I do find Wild Charge in general to be a very, very useful rule. Probably reads better than uh, sorry, probably doesn't read as well as it plays. Unlike some other rules, which sort of you know.
1: Just a correction there. It's not wild charge. It's rampage melee D three. Ah, rampage. Just okay. <laughs> having that formation with extra attacks and delete would be pretty good. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Even more attacks. Yeah. So
1: Juicy. I'd like to give that a give that a go. Yeah.
0: Let's
1: see how that turns out.
0: Sounds pretty good. Mild. Mm. Uh, and goblin
1: blasters are still crap. Goblin blasters still suck. So- <laughs> oh, talk to them like. In the tournament just passed, uh, I got a nice juicy charge. Three dice to hit. Excellent. Let's do the blast. One, two, two. Okay. How many damage? One. Like, all right. And my guy's gone. <laughs> it came to the last game that bugger. I'm not going to charge anything. He's just going to sit on an objective and be a useful 65 points <laughs> rather than dying for nothing. He's such a threat, though, for 65 points.
0: Like, sure, you're going to have those Again, moments, potentially, just... Your opponent needs to treat it like it's like a heavy cavalry regiment for sixty-five points. Your opponent needs to treat it that way. That's what's the strength. Mm. It's a smaller-based mm. heavy cavalry regiment that most of the time when it charges doesn't do anything. But it but it can, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's
1: the potential. Yeah. You can't just yeah. like
0: expose your flank to it and be like, oh well, like it's like my sixty-five point of like little vermintide
1: that no, you never you expose be- your flank to a blaster because that's just asking for it exactly
0: bit. like you, you you turn your your flank to the vermintide instead of doing bugger all they do two times bugger
1: all which still, <laughs> still
0: amounts to bugger all
1: so but yeah 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 don't be afraid to just hold him back and let it sit on objective it's probably more useful just let it threaten and like just cook your opponent's brain about
0: how they're going to deal with it hmm. instead of instead of just charging it forward yeah i think there's legitimacy to that for sure Mm. Yeah, I'm interested in particularly in that that observation you made about the um, the planes, the crazy Gobbo planes, because mm. that's the kind of thing that you only know as a player of the army, if you know what I mean. Like similar to the observation I made with, um, with Plague Pots in the sense that as an opponent, I'm going to be more probably bothered and irritated and afraid of the shooty version of that. Plain thing, right?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: And I'm not really going to notice the fact that it's like two nerve different, but mm. I'm going to probably target it with something and take it off because it's. if I don't, it just keeps annoying me. Um, yep. While as, it could be more powerful to have a, I presume it's cheaper as well, the, the melee one. It's the same points. Same points, okay. Um, but I might not really worry about the melee one and then it flies over and gets an objective and that's just worth its weight in gold because that's what wins games, right?
1: Yeah, and the the wingets, I find, are consistent in that. They consistently hold a point or pick up a loot right at the very end or contest and prevent your opponent from picking something up. Yeah, flying um, unit strength 1 thing crazy do anything, good yeah. on those like
0: many objective kinds of maps, right? Like mm. I've lost so many games to armies like, I don't know, Basilea or... Uh, Certain undead armies, or the um ogres, or something, where they just mm. like have these little guys that you can't get to because you're too busy dealing with the big, scary hordes and threats and stuff, and they just
1: there's mm. <laughs> an objective. And the, go- yeah. the goblins don't really have anything that, other than maybe the king on chariot. So yeah, keep them precious. Don't throw them in unless you really have to. But yeah, they're they're, they're decent, just not for their attacks.
0: Yeah, I should probably play my unit strength one characters more. Um, because they are good for that, and I often discount that mm. when I'm trying to like compare them on paper, when I'm like, which one should I take, the Broodmother or the Warlock, you know, and that kind of thing. Mm. And in fairness, like my independent characters survive really well too. I frequently have games where they just, none of them die, and so they secure their points, and they are a little bit easier to do that with, because it's quite easy to keep your independent character out of charge arcs and stuff like that. Mm. But on the other hand... Yeah, how many times have I just wished I had was able to just leave a little cheap unit on an objective. Yeah.
1: Yep. That's good. That would have been great. You said um, cuz you haven't really taken a warlord on foot a lot, is that right?
0: Yeah, this is the first time I took him to an event. Um I also played him one game earlier this week against um Andrew, which was yep. good. Um yeah, he gives this aura of vicious. This is what they upgraded him to in the uh in the most recent oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he had this aura of Vicious upgraded in the most recent cock and it cost 15 points, so he didn't get a discount, which I felt a bit like he deserved, but mm. he he did get this uh, ability and it's pretty damn good. Like it really is. Um, if you have him in between two hordes of shock troops, which is what you immediately imagine when you had given aura of Vicious to infantry because they're the mm-hmm. only good infantry in the list and you know they're not super elite, but they do hit relatively hard and having Vicious is... Is nice by virtue of crushing yep. one, and when I compare him, what I did after the event because he's a hundred and he's a hundred points with that aura, um, hundred and ten if you give him the um, pipes of terror, which is what I did, and yep. this particular event they didn't do anything, but I still think they're like a pretty good little item to have. Um, you know, it ends up working a little bit like having dread or something a lot of the time. Mm. Um, yeah, and whenever I take the blade of slashing, I always just reroll on miss and then be like, bah, wish it, I wish it was a plus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it depends on the, it's one of those things that, you know, got a few points left over at the end of your list kind of thing and not critical, but for a hundred yeah. points, he has five That's attacks brilliant. on threes, at crush one. They're not the most potent attacks in the world by any means. And he doesn't add a huge amount to combats, but he himself mm. is an infantry. If you take him infantry, he himself is infantry and vicious therefore, which is kind of nice. And, yeah, giving that aura of Vicious, you just end up collecting so many extra wounds out of him. What he ends up being is he's basically like having a warlock with the Inspiring Talisman that's casting Banechant on the unit because the mm-hmm. effect, I realize Vicious is not exactly the same as Banechant, but it often is. <laughs> it often mm-hmm. ends up being similar. And, of course, it stacks, so you can Banechant the unit and it's still Vicious and it, and it kicks ass. So I would definitely take him over a standard warlock I think in the next list I take because he just contributes a little bit more like firstly he swings a few attacks and occasionally kills something with them but perhaps more usefully than that is he's mighty and he's got a sensible nerve at d5 so he can he won't always hold a unit up but at the very least he's a desperation piece and in fact against the undead I used him this way and I like just look. Just went, oh, you know what? I can just put him in between the objective and this huge horde. And because he's mighty, they can't move through him. And he's 100 points. Like most mighty characters co- cost quite a bit more than that. Um, so 100 with the vicious aura. So he costs sort of a bit less than than an inspiring warlock with a with a bane chant. He has a similar kind of support effect. Plus he has a bit of extra utility. So I really think I've been passing over him a bit in the past and that Vicious Aura was well I read it at first I'm like oh yeah but he really needed something else I don't know that he did actually I think it was probably a really clever little um, little spicy something something that they gave him in Clash of Kings hmm yeah so I'll be taking him more for sure I I, I really quite rated him Uh, the Assassin however continues to both excite (laughs) and disappoint he brings me a lot of joy in my games and the glass shield which I thought would be so good on him yeah, it is all. That, it isn't all that matters, though, because sometimes he also makes me sad, you know? If he sparks joy, keep him in. Yeah, I know. But the, the, that Gnome Glass Shield, the main reason I brought him again with the Gnome Glass Shield this time, I actually took another unit out for him in this list because I'm like, I need to give him more of a shake because it just seems so good on paper. He can get in front of a mm. unit and be Defence 6. Defence 6 is rad. But it's just not. <laughs> it's, not it's just it's not, a, not Not on good. that character. It doesn't play out in that way in practice because he's 10-12 nerve. And if he was 12-14 nerve that's the, or something, that's the issue. Yeah. it would work more reliably. But what ends up happening is either he doesn't use it because he runs off and does assassiny things, which is fine for 10 points. That's not really a big deal. Or he gets charged by something and they just smash through him anyway. And I'm like, oh, man, mm. that was... That felt like it should have been more. But it, I did have a funny moment with him against the undead uh, in the last game against Richard. He moved up threatening. He had three balefire catapults, which I must have forgotten to mention, <laughs> which did absolutely nothing until like turn five. And he just did uh, something like 18 wounds <laughs> in one three. in one turn. And the rest of the like the whole rest of the game, they did like zero, one or two, maybe three over there, whatever, you know. Yeah, just a sensible yeah. amount of catapult damage. And then they just had one completely apeshit turn. Uh, and then I think turn six, they all missed. <laughs> so it was like, okay. <laughs> but that was a bonkers turn. It almost dragged him back and we were both like going, oh, wow, these things are going nuts. But the assassin um, moved to within charge range. His movement seven is really good, by the way, but four attacks yes. is just so bad. Yep. Mm. Um, he needs five. If he had five, he'd be, he'd be so much better. So he's in range of these uh, catapults. And uh, Richard moves all his hordes forward, which he was sort of out of arc of. uh, And then he just goes, oh. And we both looked at it. And I'm like, oh, there's a vampire lord there. He was like (laughs) hidden in all the other models and neither of us had noticed him. And Richard (laughs) just like- It's too late. Yeah. Richard just, and then once to moved the hordes it was really obvious because he was like there and we we're like oh and he just gets the t- tape measure out and there he is exactly 12 inches away I'm like damn it I could have avoided that so easily <laughs> I just didn't see him so then yeah then he got cooked by a vampire lord and didn't even get to swing his sword in anger
1: but oh well <laughs>
0: it felt like a very assassiny move that he would do something rat alright
1: I think we'll leave it there what do you reckon
0: Sure, sure, man. That's a good little tournament report under our belts. Um, we're hoping to do. We, we've been getting some requests for army reviews, and yes. uh, I know that that tends to be the cast that people enjoy the most. We've just struggled mm. to get together on the weekend, and there's not enough time to do one during the week because they take uh, usually many hours. So, hours. Yeah. So hopefully we can get one of those out soon. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, we'll have to be on a weekend. I reckon we can, we'll give it a go. We'll we'll make sure that there's one out soon.
0: I think the biggest demand has been for Ogres, so maybe that can be our next one.
1: I reckon that sounds like a good idea. Listeners so look out for, for the Ogre Army review in the coming weeks. We won't leave it as long as we have since the last cast, uh, but mm-hmm. we'll, yeah, we'll try to get that out as soon as we can. Yeah, spoiler alert, take the Bent Mage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for joining me and chatting about the games that we played and thanks to our audience for listening and sticking with us. And we'll speak to you soon. Have fun out there, cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. Thank you for tuning in with my team. Make sure you follow
0: on Facebook and Twitter. Yes, indeed, more than a game. It's a lifestyle, yes, sir. Hope you realize that the math hammer doesn't work. <laughs> we give the people what they desire. Australian war game and podcast, direct misfire. You don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, we got plenty more. If you're ready, let's go. Stay tuned, that's for sure. Hey.